Welcome to We Got Goals, a podcast by AsweatLife.com on which we talk to high achievers about their goals. On today's episode, we have Leslie Eccles. She's the founder and CEO of Relish. She's also the co-founder of FanDuel, which is an app if you have ever watched sports, you have heard of. Uh, I think you'll be hearing a lot about Relish this year and beyond. My husband and I are users of it. It is like a platform that gives you a workout for your relationship, and I love it. Um, Leslie, welcome to the podcast. Hello there. It's good to be here. Thanks for having me. And I I love Relish. I love talking about it, but I didn't give it the best intro in the world. I'm sure you can do it better than I did. Um, So can you tell us about Relish and why you started it? Of course. Well, first of all, I have to say, I love that you and your husband are using Relish. And uh, thanks for reaching out to me. Uh, That was a, a really pleasant surprise. Um, so Relish is a relationship coaching app. Um, we offer completely customized relationship improvement plans and coaches, relationship coaches who are qualified and trained um, to help you with any issues you might be having. And really, my dream for Relish is about making people think about their relationship in the same way as they might think about their physical health. So you look after your physical health by going to the gym, by going for a walk, by going for a run. Um, But what do you do for your relationship? Uh, One of the issues is it's often put on the back burner. Um, You get through your honeymoon phase. um, You know, you've maybe been together for a few years and you start taking each other for granted. How do we prevent that from happening? And how do we deal with the fallout after that does happen? Um, So that's really what Relish is all about. I, I love it. And I, I have to say, we, so we went through a whole pandemic together, <laughs> but, but so did every couple um, in the world. Uh, so I, I think I would recommend it for everybody, but we also started and wound down a company, my husband and I together. So that was, it was just a lot of change to go through. So we were kind of like, I would say in crisis by the time we found Relish, but I read on your website that um, couples often are unhappy for six years before they get help. When I heard that, I was blown away. Uh, and, and it's been proven out by the research that I've done as I've built Relish and a lot of therapists that I've spoken with. Um, we have a board of advisors from different universities in the field of relationship psychology. And they all say similar things. You know, couples get stuck. And um, it's, not a, it's, not, it's often not an overnight thing. It's usually a slow process and a little bit like boiling a frog or something where, you know, you just don't even notice that it's happening day to day. And then suddenly uh, you've left it too late. And I got very passionate about, well, this this is wrong. This just shouldn't be happening. And and what can we do um, to, to help prevent that in the first place and give people the tools that they need if by by whatever circumstances they have left it a little bit too late um you know let's help them rewind time and rediscover that connection rediscover that love for each other that that is often still there just buried under a mountain of hurt and often insecurities and all sorts of other things that are going on there all sorts of human experiences happen in marriage man <laughs> <laughs> i i think and this is the last thing I'll say about it, but it's almost like 
the dating game uh, in some instances, like where you, you both answer the same question and compare answers. I just think it's a lovely, lovely app and relationship health is mental health, right? You know, it's interesting. There was a study done back in 2017 by a couple of professors at Brigham Young University in Utah, and they were looking specifically at the connection between uh, mental health and relationship health. And one of the things that the study proved was that if you're suffering from, let's say, depression or anxiety, and your relationship is not in the best of health, you can go to a therapist and work on your depression or your anxiety or whatever mental health issues that you might be having going on. Um, And that will improve those conditions, but it won't improve your relationship. However, if you go to, if you're in the same circumstance and you go to a couples therapist or a counselor or relationship coach, and you work on that relationship together, it has an improvement effect on your depression and your anxiety. So I want to shout from the rooftops, oh my God, do you all realize how important to your mental health, to your physical health, to your success in life, a relationship is, um, a healthy relationship. Mm -hmm. You know, you'd be better off without a relationship at all than being in a relationship that's toxic or in some way not the best that it can be. And Relish is really looking at, you know, how good can we make this relationship? How can we help? This life is so short. Mm-hmm. Let's make sure that we're enjoying it to the, 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 the most that we all can. Um, and let's start with this relationship that's so important in, in everyone's lives. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's really focused on those romantic partnerships, right? Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 All right, let's talk about your goals. I, I mean, I could just ask you questions about the relationship element and relish all day, but I, I think your goals will probably ladder up to this. We'll see. Um, Leslie, talk to us about a big goal that you set and accomplished and why it was important to you. Ooh, big question. Um, so I have to say, I'm not one of these people that sit down every December and, and write a list of goals for the next year. I don't, I don't do it. I, I do know people, my husband's one of them, who, who does sit down and write a list of goals. Um, and I, I met somebody recently who comes up with 50 goals every year. And I, I just, I don't do that. Um, rather, I set myself a really big, big sort of life goal Mm. Um, and it might take 10 years to achieve the goal. And then I set daily goals and I question, you know, is this daily goal helping me move towards that life goal? Um, and so, uh, back in 2007, 2008, quite a long time ago now, um, my husband and I decided to start a business together. Um, and, we set ourselves, or I set myself a goal of, um, I'm going to build a sustainable, large business. And it was going to be um, impactful. It was going to be meaningful. And it was in some way going to disrupt something. And that was kind of the jumping off point. And uh, it took about 10 years. Um, but over that 10 year period by saying, you know, this is the most important goal that I have in my life. 
um, you you end up just focusing on that day in and day out. Um, and and that was the the results of that was FanDuel. Um, FanDuel for people uh, who noticed it appearing on sports channels everywhere in 2015 um, looked like an overnight success, um, but it 100% was not that. Uh, I don't, actually don't know many overnight successes. Maybe Instagram, um, but uh, outside that, uh, I don't know many of them. Um, we'd spent years building FanDuel from the ground up um, and we'd done it the hard way. Uh, we were based in the UK at the time. Uh, I had never done marketing before. I didn't know anything about American sports. Um, I'm not male in you know in my 30s. Uh, I wasn't the target demographic. Um, so everything was just a little bit harder. Um, but because we were just so all in and so determined and I'd kind of set this goal um, of building something meaningful and the town that we lived in at the time, um, we really wanted to build a tech ecosystem there. We had seen what had happened in Silicon Valley. Um, we had, uh, you know, traveled back and forward to Palo Alto and really just loved soaking up that entire um, environment there. Um, but our family wasn't there and our friends weren't there. And we thought, well, we could move there or we could try and build something like that over in Scotland, which is where I'm from. And, uh, and, and that's what we really set out to do. And we realized that the best way to do it and, and you know, my, one of my mottos is always keep it simple. The best way to do it is, you know, it's not, setting out to set up meetups or uh, tech parties or bringing people up from London. It's not that. It's sit down and build a company and build, you know, make it a tech company and make it a company with a culture of we are all entrepreneurs and build it with the end goal being everyone will go off after this and build their own companies um, and so that was kind of the culture that we tried to um, encourage in, in, in FanDuel. And, uh, and, you know, fast forward 10 years and, and Edinburgh now has, uh, you know, two companies worth over a billion dollars and uh, a, a lot of younger sort of early stage startups spinning up as a result of that, which is brilliant to see and, um, and something that I'm really passionate about as well. I mean, I, I love your process of setting goals. I, I think it, it's so interesting um, that you kind of created this sort of like enigma of, okay. of a thing you wanted to create. And then that cloud of an idea uh, set you down your path towards right. FanDuel. It, it sounds like it took a lot of curiosity for you too, right? Like you had to learn a lot of things and dig in. Yes, yes. Lots of uh, buying books on Amazon and, and, and reaching out to experts to soak up as much knowledge as I could. And, um, you know, just doing a lot of research and, and learning on the fly, learning on the job and just asking all the basic questions. Um, you know, what software package should I use for this? Uh, what is what does this particular three letter acronym mean? Uh, you know, it's just a it was just a, a lot of learning and a lot of uh, learning by doing. Um, and, you know, one of the, one of the values that uh, I've brought with me from FanDuel into Relish 
is, um, you know, always, always be learning, always be improving, um, but also never be afraid to ask the obvious questions. And, uh, and that openness and transparency is a really important part of, of the culture at Relish um, for, for everyone. It's so interesting. I, I heard pretty recently it was a, a private equity firm was saying they had a bunch of companies that they acquire and um, it doesn't matter who is like the that has the best pedigree and who is the smartest, like the companies that succeed are helmed by people who are curious and build community, which is so interesting because those are the two things that you just talked about. You built a community of tech entrepreneurship in Edinburgh and you right. got really curious. So it, it is, well, also like, you're very smart too, but uh, it, it's no surprise that you made FanDuel a success all the way to the point where it was so disruptive that laws had to be changed. Yes. Yes, yes, that was a process. Um, towards the end of 2015, we had got into uh, legal wrangling with various attorney generals across the US um, over the definition of fantasy sports, whether it was a game of skill or a game of chance. And, um, you know, you talk about resilience, that was a period where we were being closed down on a sort of state by state basis. And there was a lot of uncertainty over the future of the company. There's a lot of uncertainty as to whether the founders might end up in jail or, you know, be investigated by the FBI. And there was a lot of um, a lot of uncertainty and it definitely needed a lot of mental resilience at the time. I think any startup does, but but FanDuel in particular definitely needed that. And so over the next um, year or two, we worked very closely with AG offices to um, clarify the law in 22 different states and make sure there were consumer protections put in for anyone operating in the industry. And obviously all of that work ended up with the change to the federal law to legalize uh, sports betting uh, at a federal level, which has really opened it up um, to FanDuel now being the largest sports betting company in the country. Boom. Disruption. Yeah. <laughs> That's incredible. Um, and Leslie, your your story of founding that company was featured in a, a book too, right? It was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I met uh, the author of this book. His name is Albert Chen. He's a lovely guy. Um, and I met him at a FanDuel event um, back in 2014, I think it was, maybe 2015. Um and he, at the time, was a reporter for Sports Illustrated. Um, and he decided that he was going to write a book about FanDuel. So he interviewed about um, 100 different people. Um, and he really told the story of FanDuel and DraftKings from the perspective of everyone within the company. Um, so he interviewed investors and founders and uh, some of the team, both in FanDuel and at DraftKings, um, and then many players and, and really got into the nitty gritty of some of the personal stories behind um, the, the headlines. Um, and he did a fairly good job, I would say. It's, uh, it's a, a bit of a page turner. And, uh, you know, it's not, all, it's not all completely spot on, but he do, does get a lot of things right. I love that. So now today, as someone who is Leslie, maybe like, 20 years ago, um, goes to Amazon and Googles, how do I create a company? <laughs> They're going to find 
your story, um, which is a very full circle moment. Yeah, yeah. I actually uh, heard from Albert the other day and he was talking about, and, and there's been talk of this before, about it being turned into a Netflix series or this series or that series. I'm like, okay, well, whatever, we'll see. <laughs> you get the life rights and you get to choose who plays you. <laughs> <laughs> who would play you in a movie and then we'll go to the next question who would play me in a movie um I don't know I, people have asked me this before but I, I don't know I, I know who I'd want to play Nigel my husband <laughs> oh who's that uh um what's his name I've completely forgotten I'm completely blanking he played um the greatest showman what's his name um I can't I can't think of it either Hugh Jackman Jackman yeah Hugh Jackman I've got an idea for you uh but I'll save it I'll save it because I have to google her name because I'm forgetting as well and she's a, a comedy actress who I love but I think she would play you well before we take a quick break for some zen with Sunday scaries we want to remind you how obsessed we are with their delicious and super effective CBD-infused gummies packed with vitamins D3 and B12. Enjoy 20% off on their website with the code LIFE20 so you can enter max relax mode. That's L-I-F-E-20. Now I want you to settle into your seat or your stride and try a no-nonsense mantra with me. I am doing the best that I can. Now commit to those words and say them again. I am doing the best that I can. Say it to yourself two more times. There, that's not so scary. Now go take on the day. All right, let's talk about a big goal you're setting for the future. You're sitting down, you're writing that big cloud vision and every day your goals ladder up to it. What is it? Well, for me, I think, if you think about the name Relish, we picked that name for a very particular reason. It's not about couples. It's not about romantic relationships. It's about how do you live your best life? How do you relish as much of this short life as you possibly can? And yeah, we're starting with, yeah, it's about the couple. This is, a, this is just a jumping off point. But I'm so passionate about trying every day to live your best life. And it's not, for some people, it's easier than others. Um, you know, some of us have mental health problems. We have huge challenges in our lives, maybe health challenges, physical health or financial challenges or whatever it might be. It's not an easy thing to do. But if we can help people take baby steps towards changing their perspective, changing their mindset and trying to change their circumstances through that, then that's something that I can feel really good about having spent the next 10 years of my life building. And, you know, uh, I imagine, you know, a relish hotel or a relish island where everyone just goes and enjoys their life together. Or 
I don't know what that that craziness looks like, but that's that's where I would love this to go. I mean, I would pay very good money to go to a relish island. <laughs> so I'd like to just put that out there if that's on the table. Um, I, it's interesting because it sounds like the platform you're building is is going to extend to general happiness. Yes, it, happiness is something that's really, really important to me. I come from a family of people who have had mental health problems and still struggle with them. And, you know, I know how difficult life becomes when you have that as a daily struggle and a daily challenge. And I am always very conscious of avoiding that myself. And I've not always been successful at that. Um, But I know that it's a constant battle for people. And I'm passionate about helping people however I can to switch the trajectory of their life and put on a path to happiness, whatever that means for you. And that was one of the things when I left FanDuel, I spent about three or four months really thinking about, well, what makes me happy and what makes me successful and what does successful mean? And it's not about how big of a company you've built or how much money you've got in the bank, luckily, uh, (laughs) um, or you know how what job title you have or how big your house is that is completely irrelevant what's important is who do you share this life with and Mm -hmm. how happy are those relationships and how strong are those relationships and that's that's what life's about um I Hearing you say that, I'm I'm kind of curious. Um, I I mean, I think all of us have had a moment like that where we we get to the point where we're like, uh, uh, "What is this life?" I I've had one of those too. Did you find any like authors or sources or um, positive psychology people who you turn to um, for for information and guidance? Yeah, I I mean, I read all the books. I I, I, I particularly around the couple and the relationship. Um, I, I, you know, Sue Johnson, the, the Gottmans. Um, one of the one of the the authors of one of the books that I read early on is actually on our board of advisors now, Matt Johnson, and. Um, you know, one of the research studies that he did that really resonated with me was. Um, they did an A-B test with, with two, two groups of couples. And what, with one group, they um, encouraged them to spend quality time together. So they gave them a, a movie to watch, you had to talk about it afterwards. Um, and then the other set, they taught them communication skills and um, how to be a better listener and how to be a better communicator. Um, and then they followed up three months later and... Um, they measured their relationship happiness of each set of couples. And they found that the ones who were tasked with watching movies together and talking about them afterwards were much happier than the couples who had been taught hard communication skills and uh, encouraged to continue to use those communication skills. And what they actually found was the females were more pissed off in the communication skills group and, and were worse than they were when they'd started, less happy than they were when they'd started the whole thing. So how about we find ways and tips and tricks and 
mindset switches to help us all become better people. It's so interesting. I have so many, so many follow-ups for the person who conducted that study. Um, Like, were were you asking these? I'm guessing that it was a lot of um, heterosexual couples um, that they were. Now we're doing more research on, or we're seeing more research on um, couples across the spectrum, but research used to only be done on heterosexual couples. Uh, But I'm, I'm curious if they asked women, like, did you have to drag him here? Well, that's often the case with therapy and, you know, finding ways to make it more accessible and more fun and more snackable and more easy to fit into your life. Um, that was, that was what Relish is about. That's why we, we built it. Yeah. Um, and so are you and Nigel using it now? You have to be. <laughs> we, we started using it a lot. Um, and, and I would say we go in and out, um, mm-hmm. mainly because I have so many different test accounts. <laughs> I can never remember which I'm connected to him with. <laughs> That's the biggest issue. Um, but yeah, every now and again, when I feel like we're getting a little bit more distant or, you know, we've been so busy, I'll say, you know what, we need to start using Relish again. And, uh, you know, I'll figure out my account situation and I'll make sure that our account's connected. Uh, before, before we jump into some, um, some rapid fire questions, I'm curious, Leslie, what was your daily goal today? Oh, well, it's, uh, actually you probably see behind me. I've just had a new bed delivered. So my goal today is to build this bed by myself because my husband has disappeared down to Miami for a weekend and I'm left to build the bed. So I haven't achieved my goal yet today. <laughs> this is a, this is a big goal. Um, but no, I've had a day of uh, uh, interviewing. We're hiring right now for different roles. So I've had a, a long day of back-to-back interviews. So the goal really was just get through the day today. Get through the day. Um, yeah. Task rabbit is the answer. I know. I was like, are they still in existence? I should give them a try. I hope so. I hope so. Uh, okay, rapid fire. Um, would you prefer... Leslie, to work in an office or at home after the pandemic? And what's your preferred work schedule? I I think after the pandemic, we go back to a a hybrid model. I think um, it's healthy to be in an office surrounded by people that you're working with. I think it's good for your mental health. I think it's good for productivity and sparking ideas and innovation but also time at home is important from a family perspective and also a reflection time. You have more time to take a walk by yourself and think about what you're doing and um, be a little bit more focused. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you already answered one of the questions we got on Instagram, which was, are you hiring? Um, can you talk about what positions you're hiring for? Yes, we're hiring for customer service. We're hiring for marketing and we're hiring for engineering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, final question and then we'll wrap up I, I could and, and will not because uh, your time is valuable I could talk to you all day um, final question would you rather um, if you could do operations for a day or go back to marketing for a day uh, well I have to say that I'm pretty much running marketing at the moment uh, so it wouldn't really be back to marketing <laughs> Um, and we don't really have a head of operations either right now. So I'm probably doing all of that as well. So I think it's kind of moot because I'm, I'm, you know, 
there are 12 of us in the team right now. So yeah. uh, it's a small team and everyone wears lots of hats. 12 feels, 12 feels snug now. And at the end of this year, how many people do you intend to have on the team? Uh, I have not counted past uh, the end of June. So <laughs> That's all you need to know. Honestly. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, that's all you need to know. Well, Leslie Eccles, it was such a delight to chat with you. I am such a fan of everything you create. And this was another episode of We Got Goals, which is an Esquatlife.com production. Uh, thank you for being here, Leslie. And thank you to the listener for listening to this podcast. Thanks to Ryan Deffitt for editing and Brian Barayuga for video production. Bye, Leslie. Thanks for having me, Jana. Take care.